Good morning, church family. My name is Nick Martsoff, and I am the husband to my beautiful wife, Allison, and we have an amazing daughter who is seven months old now, Lydia, who is spending her first time in the nursery today. So um, it's been a joy to be here for the last, since last summer we've been attending uh, the live stream, and in uh, September we became members, and I just love you all. And uh, my testimony begins, I was born and raised in a fundamental Baptist church, uh, at six years old, I made a profession of faith and was baptized, but um, I just went on living my life, trying to follow, to follow the rules, and um, when I was 16, my parents got a divorce, and that's when I was released from my cage and able to run to the world to seek after whatever I desired, and uh, it wasn't until I was 26, whenever my best friend from deployment who I shared a bunk bed with ended up taking his life and I just remember looking at that casket and staring at his body and thinking that this Christianity that I always professed was never actually a thing that I lived and also I never shared the gospel with him and on a 10 hour drive home from Virginia I cried out to God, and it just reminds me of Psalm 34, where David said, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So God put a desire in my heart to just open up the New Testament and start in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, just reading through and seeing Jesus for who he really is, seeing what the Word of God says about me and my sin and how I was dead in my trespasses and sins. And God took my heart of stone and he gave me a heart of flesh and he gave me life. He gave me the ability to read his word and understand who he is and see his commandment that we are to love him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And God put that ability in me by the power of his Holy Spirit to love him. Well, then a few years later, I was grading a two-mile run, and this big object blew off the back of a truck and hit me right in the temple. Um, all, of the, all of the symptoms of a severe concussion, light sensitivity, noise sensitivity, you name it, migraines with reading. I couldn't read anymore, so it pushed me into my closet on my face. And the Lord put on my heart, John seventeen three that this is eternal life, that they know you, the one true God. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And I said, God, I want to know you. And just cried out to him. And God put me into a church where I was being discipled by wise, godly men. And my life just, I went from knowing I needed to love God and praying for that love to knowing I needed to know God and that deepening passion for him. And then the Lord has brought us here where I'm at Fort Campbell right now. Uh, I'm going through uh, a med board because of my multiple injuries. But through the struggles of my life, the ups and downs, one thing is reigned true when Paul says in Philippians 1.6 that I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it 
at the day of Jesus Christ. And so my hope does not rest in myself and my ability to follow Christ, but my hope rests in the fact that God sent his only son and he died for me. And his blood covered all my sin and his spirit lives inside of me and is empowering me to walk. My walk isn't perfect, but I am striving towards God because he has first loved me. Thank you for hearing my testimony. Good morning, y'all. How y'all doing? My name is Austin Beck. Uh, some of y'all may know me. Uh, I was baptized at seven years old because my parents were kind of Christians. I wanted to follow them in their footsteps, do what they wanted to do because they were cool, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but can't go anywhere for that. <laughs> no. Uh, I kind of just lived in the pattern. Uh, went to church try to be a good kid, didn't really build onto my relationship with Christ after being baptized, uh, just kind of fell into depression and anxiety when I was 12 years old, uh, didn't really want to be around anybody, was secluded from people, uh, was pushed to a youth group by my parents, love them, but didn't, didn't like that decision. Um, a youth pastor come up, came up, didn't tell anybody I was depressed or anything, just didn't want to be around people, and he came up to me, he's like, hey man, can I pray for you? And I was the first person outside of my family who prayed for me, and made me feel loved and touched. He, uh, that's when I knew God was really looking out for me, knew what I was doing. Uh, he did know, really made me feel loved. Uh, don't know really else. I'm, uh, next couple years, or I would like for y'all to help me pray for my uncertainty. I'm going through a season of uncertainty right now. Uh, next year will be my senior year. Don't know where I'll be. Uh, hey, God, boo devil. <laughs> Thank y'all. Good morning, everyone. Uh, first and foremost, I would like to give thanks to the Lord for giving me this opportunity to stand here and share my testimony. It's been a while since I gave my last testimony, so I'm a little bit uh, shaky. <laughs> but anyway, um, my name is Annie Napik, but everybody calls me Shane. I was born and raised in the Philippines. I came over here to the U.S. in 2010, so it's been about, what, 11 years that I've been here in the U.S., I am married to my wife. Her name is Melanie. And we have a son named Johan. He's the little boy that is screaming at the back during praise and worship. So if you see him, that's him. <laughs> yes, uh, the testimony I would like to share for today is uh, about the uh, time that the early years of our Christian walk. Uh, we came to know the Lord as a family when I was, uh, when I was uh, in high school. And this was in early 90s. Uh, prior to that, we belonged to the Anglican Church, Episcopalian Church. And it was not emphasized that we need to have a Savior. We need to have that personal relationship with Christ. And 
uh, when my dad was evangelized by a Baptist pastor, you know, he came to know about, yeah, we need to have, we need to save ourselves. We need to save ourselves, but we can't. We have to have a Savior. And that is when he, his mind was open and he accepted the Lord. And the rest of the family followed after that. And that was in the early 90s. And again, the, the one that I want to share is the struggle we had after that. I think it was like in the 1995, somewhere early 2000, when we were struggling as a family and as Christians. Uh, I belong to a large family where we were seven children, five boys and two younger girls. Now, two of my brothers, the second one and the third one, the second one, when he was born, right after he came out of the birth canal, he, had, he suffered a head injury. He went straight down to the floor. I don't know, the midwife was, maybe made a mistake, and my brother just went straight down to the floor. And he was sent to the hospital, and everything went fine. But the problem is, when he turned 17 or 18, that's when he started to show some symptoms of that head injury that he had when he was a baby. He was diagnosed of uh, epilepsy. So he was having seizures, but bec uh, because of medication, he, you know, he didn't have that seizures uh, uh, a lot of times. Uh, the problem sets in when he started, he decided to quit taking his medication. We were young Christians then, and he said, I'm going to quit this medication. I'm going to use my faith. You know, at that time, I think we were reading about uh, confessions, bring possessions. You claim it, and then you will have it. You will take it. But apparently, that's not how God wants my brother to be healed. God works in different ways, and it's not only what we want it to be, you know. And my brother said, by claiming it, I am going to be healed. And we were in one accord with my brother. We were uh, telling him, yeah, you're going to be healed by the strife of Jesus Christ. You're going to be healed. But the problem, when he stopped taking that medication, he started showing some uh, neurological deficits. He ha was having memory impairments, confusions. He was repeating his words. You know, when he wants to say, I want that, he would say, I want, 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 want. He was like uh, speaking in tongues. <laughs> but that's what happened to my brother. It came to a point that he was not able to care for himself. He had to be supervised. Somebody had to be with him to make sure that he's cared for. And our, his seizures became more frequent. It was almost every day there was, there were times that three to four times a day he would have the seizures. And we were told that every time you have a seizure, there's, some, there's a nerve cell or neurons that die in the brain. That's why he was having all these other uh, neurological deficits. So that's what happened to my second brother. His name is Gary. During the time, I just, my, the third one, my other older brother, uh, I think he had this head concussion when he, uh, in 1995 or 96. And a year after that, 
he was demonstrating some uh, behavioral difficulties. He was depressed, and depression led to another emotional difficulties, emotional outbursts. Uh, and the same thing, just like my other brother who was having some cognitive issues, seizures, my other brother was having behavioral problems. And um, same thing, came to a point that he wasn't able to care for himself. They were wandering around. Somebody has to be, somebody has to stay with them. And as a young Christian back then, it was like, Lord, why is this happening to us? Why? Uh, it was like, sometimes when you hear some preachers, they would say, hey, when you become Christians, this is what's going to happen to you. You will have this, you will have that. Life is going to be smooth sailing. But at the time, it was like, why is this happening to us? And uh, I was in college back then already. And me and my other brothers, my younger brother and my two younger sisters, we were all in the city. It was only my mom who stayed at home caring for my two brothers. My dad worked in a different province. He had to commute 14 hours just to reach our hometown. So he, he came home like once or twice a month just to help my mom caring, caring my two brothers. It was really hard because uh, every time I go home to my hometown, every time I went home, because we took turns if uh, every week one of us would go home. And there was time that when I go home, uh, I felt this uh, gloom. I felt this sadness. I felt this, uh, this like defeat, failure, that sometimes I, don't, I didn't want to go home because that's what I would see. I would see my brother wandering around in their condition. I would see my mom. Sometimes it was only my mom. Um, um, who was at home every, when I went home, when I go home. And uh, it, it was hard. It was hard for me, but it was harder for my parents to see those things were happening to us. But the good thing is my parents, you know, they try to stand firm. They always try to tell us that, hey, whatever that is happening to us, God is a sovereign God. He is in control of everything. We need to stand firm, and we need to keep on going. I remember my dad, when, I, when it was my turn to go home to my hometown, and when I would say, Dad, I would be living, I would go to the bus station, he would call me and sit down with me at least an hour telling all about this encouragement and the goodness of God the promises of God that we have to hold on to, whatever that is happening around us, whatever that we see happening around us, we need to stand firm. I said, oh. uh, and they hold their faith. And up to, up to their dying day, my parents passed away in 2016, both of them, uh, nine days apart. My mom went first, and then nine days my dad followed. But they... I remember all throughout, they kept encouraging us and kept telling us that, hey, you need to stand firm. 
my brother, uh, praise the Lord, after a few years, because he went back to taking his medication, and he was able to gain back those, uh, his uh, memory, he became normal, he became okay, and he even went to school and finished a degree. Yes, it was, yes, it was remarkable. Praise God. The thing is, the, my other brother who had the depression, it was, it was sad. It was another blow on the family because in 2001, he took his own life. He passed away and took his own life. It was another blow to our family. We were grieving. I would, I would see my parents. I would feel them. They were grieving even after some years. But again, they were there telling us that, hey, we might not understand what is happening around us, but God is the sovereign God, and he is in control of everything. We might not understand, but someday we will. When we will be in, in his kingdom, we would know why. Or maybe later, we, would, we will understand. Yes, uh, uh, praise the Lord. And I would like to sing a song, if that is okay. Uh, in those days, uh, I think I wrote this song in 97 or 98, while those things were happening to us. I wrote this song, and also during that time, I don't know if you still remember, it was the, you were hearing about 2K bug virus, the millennium bug, where they'd say, oh, the, the com- computers will shut down, and it's going to be the end of the world. And me, it was a mixed emotion when I was writing a song. It was like, yeah, why not? Come on, come, come on, Lord. Come and uh, take us home or take us to your kingdom. Uh, so I wrote this song just to kind of remind myself that he is, he has a good plan for us and that he will take us someday into his kingdom. And I titled the song, uh, Let Us Go Home. Maybe one more day or a minute As you hear this song right now We don't know when he's coming But surely he'll come to bring us home Coming doom when war we're hearing 
Alongside your pain and suffering The world gets worse And turns upside down But surely he'll come To bring us home Savior cares. He paid the price for us all in Calvary. So I go on, keep moving on this narrow highway. Cause I know that at the end is waiting for me. Oh, it's good to see this lovely king finally. Oh, it's good to hear his beautiful voice saying, Well done, my son, let us go home. In this life that we are facing Along the road there'll be rough times But never give up Don't lose your faith Cause Jesus will come And bring us home Prepared a dwelling place for us. We better hold on tight. Soon it's with inside. So I go on, moving on this narrow highway. Cause I know that at the end is waiting for me. coming soon so I go on moving on this narrow highway cause I know that at the end is waiting for me oh it's good to see this lovely king finally oh it's good to hear his beautiful voice saying Well done, my son. Let us go home. Whoa. Let us go home. Let us go home. Thank you. I I encourage all all parents. I encourage all pa parents to stand firm, stay strong in the Lord. Show to your children how to stay strong in the Lord. Leave that legacy to your children so that someday when they make their own decisions and they will, uh, they will struggle in life, they have someone to cling, they have someone to hold on to. 
and God will make them overcome. Thank you very much. Okay, good morning, church family. I just uh, want to thank you all for being here this morning. I feel humbled that I'm able to uh, praise God to you and tell you a little bit about my life. I mean, I'm 79 and a half years, and I don't have time to go through 79 and a half years. But I'm going to try to make this in, in micro minutes for you here. Um, I was born and raised in a town in called Paducah, Kentucky, just down the road. And um, I was a little brat. I got into everything. I could do anything I thought I could do and get away with it. But I found out that uh, going to church every Sunday with my mother and my father, thank God they were a Christian family. Even my grandmother, every, everybody in my family, it seemed like uh, it was Sunday and then it was Sunday meal after Sunday. We all got together on the, on the lawn somewhere and had food. And one day my heart was just touched and I used to lay in bed at night and feared death. I feared it because I thought I was going to die and I wouldn't, there wouldn't be nothing else. And then that's when it hit me that there is life after death. And that's when I found that Jesus came into my heart and that's when I decided that I wanted to profess my faith. And I want to, I want to just try a little, little thing here to make me feel better. Think about when you were saved. We're, we're all Christians and we've accepted Jesus as our Savior. But when you accepted Jesus, it was like a peace and a calm came over you. And you felt like that you were refreshed. You it's like coming out of a shower on a hot day after taking a good cold shower. You just, you feel fresh and relieved. And the whole world just felt like I was in my mom's arms. I was at comfort and peace, but I was at peace with the Lord. And I was starting my life all over again. And everybody that has felt that same, can you say, just say amen? amen? I mean, is that it? Amen? Is can you say it louder? Amen. Because, you know, it was, it was a peace and calm that came over my heart when I was saved. And then, then that's when I was tested. I was tested more than ever after I got saved. Uh, and then my faith was tested. There was a place in the Bible where the, they didn't believe that Jesus was raised by God and God rolled away the stone. They even said the disciples came and rolled away that stone and it put a doubt in my mind. And I'm going, wait a minute, what's happening to me? Where am I going in my life? I was just saved. Why, why is that? That was Satan coming into my life and telling me and trusting me and trying my faith. And then I got to thinking, well, wait a minute, that can't be because the disciples couldn't even show up at the trial. They couldn't even show up at the crucifixion. So why would they be so brave and go roll away a stone? And I said, devil, you're wrong. I'm right. 
They, they didn't even have the faith to go roll away the stone. Only God could roll away that stone. And that's what happened. And, and my faith was renewed again. And my life was kept getting tested over and over. Did I know dirty words? Yes, I knew dirty words. Did I get punished for it? Yes. Uh, I have never smoked a cigarette because I pretended I did one time and my mother made me eat a whole pack of tobacco and swallow it. So I never ate, smoked a cigarette in my life after that. Uh, but I never said dirty words and never got down anybody's level until I became a police officer. And I said, why am I getting down on somebody else's level? Because they didn't understand talking and I had to get down on their level and it, it hurt me. I couldn't take it. And after 13 years of it, I said, this is not what I want to do. This is not who I want to be. And so I came back into the military and then got retired and then became a civil servant. And all the time throughout my life has been tested uh, over and over. And yet with faith and through power and three things, the faith and the power and the Holy Word, the Bible. And I've always been one to take and make things go with stuff. And, and I've, I've just was wondering one day when, when I was like about 20 years old and I'm, I'm in the military and I'm reading the Bible and I looked at that Bible and I had never heard it before, but I took the Bible and I'm reading it, Bible. Basic instructions before leaving earth. And I said, gosh, this is the book of life right here. Basic instructions before leaving earth. B-I-B-L-E. And that's the word. With faith, hope, forgiveness. And that's where it all comes in. I have learned how to forgive. And I have learned how to ask for forgiveness. And I'll be honest with you. The older I get the more I ask for forgiveness. It used to be, I thought, on average of maybe once a day. I actually sometimes go in prayer three and four times a day asking for forgiveness, not for just now, but for the past and people that I may have offended or hurt or didn't mean to hurt. And I have forgiven them for the things that they've done to me. I used to like to pay people back and try to get back at them, and it didn't work. So uh, my life has been one that has been blessed. I've married to my wife. I have 10 grandchildren. I have, no, I have 12 grandchildren. And I'm sorry, and three great-grandchildren. And I was just blessed to have my oldest grandson at 36 and my youngest granddaughter at six together at the same time. So what a difference, six and 30, 30 years spread between the oldest and the youngest. And they came to my retirement and uh, I, just, I just couldn't believe it. And there was my great grandson who I'd never seen since he was real small at two. And there he was, it's almost 17 years old and he's about three inches taller than me and looking down at me. And I'm, t I'm getting reacquainted, reacquainted with a 17-year-old great-grandson. And I just want to tell you this. 
studying the Bible, learning the Bible is what it's all about. And I just want to tell you that I've learned this, and I like to say this, that when I've gotten down in the dirt and when I feel bad, I remember super passages, and it even haunted me in some of the organizations that I became associated with. It just keeps coming back and coming back, and it goes something like this. It goes like, I will bring the blind by a way that they knew not. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked things straight. These things will I do unto them and not forsake them. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from stumbling. You know, you just have to remember that God is your savior and he has given us Jesus as a way to talk to him. And I just want to thank him for that. And I want to cut this short and thank you all for allowing me a brief time to share with you. God bless you for allowing me to be here. Good morning. <laughs> Uh, I'll admit, this is my first time sharing my testimony with a large group of people, and I'm really excited to do this today. Uh, my name's Tate Williams. Um, I'm a senior at Austin P, and I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, as a kid, I always grew up uh, in the church. My parents raised me really well, and I love them <laughs> so dearly. But uh, my life was a little bit different because... Uh, when I was seven, yes, I, I did commit my faith to Christ, but it was more of an innocent faith. I didn't really, I haven't lived life that much, and I still really haven't. I'm only 20, but I will say that I really didn't know what I was getting into. So when I was seven, I committed my faith to Christ, but when I started to grow up and get into high school, uh, I lost two of my grandparents when I was 14. And that was really tough on me. Um, I really didn't know how to cope with it. And I was forced to just kind of understand to just accept that this is the way it was. I'd never really lost anyone in my life before. Um, and in my senior year of high school, I lost another grandparent who I got to be with uh, a lot of my time, a lot of my life, actually. Uh, most of my time, if it wasn't spent with my parents at home, it was spent with uh, this, my grandmother, uh, she was someone who, who really loved me and it was really hard to cope with her, uh, her death. Um, at this point in my senior year, I had been through uh, a breakup that really, really changed my perspective. It was hard to just kind of go through something, uh, this difficult for me. Um, but I did understand that I was not all lost. I had been through, uh, a couple experiences where I, I definitely didn't do the right thing. I didn't make the right decisions, and I knew that. And I wanted to make, I wanted to make it better and just kind of uh, help myself get out of these situations. And so um, when my home church in Nashville uh, had this opportunity to go to Italy for a mission trip, I couldn't say no. Um, I'd never been out of the country before, so this was going to be a big experience for me. So uh, I saved up the money to go on this mission trip, 
and uh, we had a few training sessions, mostly to just kind of get to know everyone and understand that there was going to be a language barrier. Um, but we got to get to know everyone, and uh, everyone was talking about what they were expecting to happen on this trip. And I kind of felt like I was the only one in the room that really didn't have expectations going into this trip. Uh, and I, I kind of felt like it was a good thing, too, because when you have expectations, if the, if the expectations don't live up and don't actually happen, you just kind of feel like it just, <laughs> it just didn't happen the way that I wanted it to happen. But when it's a God-honoring thing, you shouldn't have expectations because God honors those things in his own way, and you can't, you can't ever expect what God's going to do. And so in the summer... I got to go on this trip to Italy for 10 days. We went to this little town called Assisi, and we got to uh, experience life uh, as, as an Italian citizen, really. Uh, this little town, we got to go around and meet people who worked in the shops and just try to build relationships with the people there. And then we also got to go to the parks uh, at, these, at this town, and we got to meet uh, families of these kids, and we got to play with the kids and just try to get them all, uh, build relationships so that at the very end of the week, we would get to have this big celebration at this local church. And I will tell you that at this celebration, we had a worship service, and it is unlike anything I've ever experienced in my life. Um, I'm so glad that today we got to sing 10,000 Reasons, because, and I had no idea as well, which is even better, but we got to sing that song in Italy, and we got to sing it simultaneously in Italian and English. And if you've, if you've ever heard something like that in your life, you'll know how incredible it is. Because you just, you just it's almost as if you hear God working just through, through the, the words in both languages, and you just see the people's faces, and you're just, it's, it's so incredible. I've, I've never been able to uh, forget that moment when I was with them. Um, another experience in Italy, uh, this was one of our last days in Assisi. We got to uh, do a little bit of a free roaming around the town, and uh, there was a big mountain at this town, and we, we got to uh, go together as a group. Um, we were told not to leave one another, <laughs> or at least stay in groups of two, but I, uh, I broke the rules on this one. Uh, I decided to go to the very, very top of this mountain where there's this, uh, there's this building, and uh, I got to see this incredible landscape of Italy, and it kind of made me realize that this world was not just meant for us Americans, but it's also meant for Italians. It's meant for anyone in Europe, anyone in, in the entire world. It's it's so incredible, and uh, it it really just shaped my experience to show that God is so big and so incredible, and He can He can do anything He wants. He can build, you know, He can He can do anything. He gave us this word to to do anything. You know, he's, he's given us instructions to live our lives the way that he wanted us to do. And so when I came back from Italy, uh, I will say my life was changed. And uh, I got this one experience. Uh, I was very fortunate. There was one spot available to go to a retreat just a week after that with the same group of people. And um, we uh, had this worship service in the middle of the week. And um, similar to in Italy, I uh, had another incredible experience, except this one was very different. Um, 
I'm, I'm usually a pretty uh, introverted person, uh, at least I, I was at that point. And the worship of the, of the service, I, I just put my hands out to God and I just said, Lord, please just take me, just take me and, and I just ask that you can work through me. And I've never experienced something like this again in my life, but I felt him reach out and touch my hand as I was closing my eyes. And he, he told me, he said, you're my servant. And I've, I've never experienced something like that ever. And I've, I'll never ever be able to tell you how incredible that feels. Um, that day, um, it, it kind of broke me because when I was seven, I, uh, I did commit my faith to Christ, but it wasn't a true faith. Um, I kind of made a change that day, um, and I've never lived my life the same because of it. And I think that was when I really became a Christian, was when I truly committed my faith and realized that God loves me no matter what I do. And so... I've, I've never been able to live the same way. And so many of you will know that when you really, truly commit your faith to Christ, you can never live your life the same way. It is, it is completely different. And so um, since then, I've been trying to figure out a way to just understand what those words mean, what a servant means, and how I can be that for him. Um, I, thankfully, I've gotten some experiences to do that. Uh, here at Austin P and uh, at my home church and even here I'm just so glad to be here but on that day on that day where I uh, experienced God talk to me the guest speaker spoke through Colossians 3 and this is where my life first comes and it's Colossians 3:17. and whatever you do in word or deed do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to the to God the Father through him and I just want to say that that is the way we need to live our life, no matter what. And I will do my best to do that. My testimony doesn't end today. It continues on from today. And I just want to thank you for this opportunity. Thank you. I was asked to um, kind of wrap it up this morning, so I'm going to do that. And I just want to take just a moment. I tried to take notes on my phone. So I could remember, I, we talk about testimonies. We ask these uh, uh, men to share their testimonies today, and they've done that. We live in a world where testimonies are used to sell things most of the time. People give testimonies for how good their cars are, how good their soap is, or how good everything is. You watch TV, you see commercials all the time that, are, that appear to be testimonies in a sense. I hope you all noticed something different about the testimonies that were shared this morning. Absolutely, they're centered around Jesus Christ and the work that he has done in them. But you know what I noticed? Not one person got up here and said, I asked Jesus to come into my heart. I became a Christian, and my life has been easy going ever since. Did you hear that? I didn't hear that. What I heard was these men felt the call of God upon them. They felt the, the tug of God upon them, and they made a commitment to put their trust in him. And then what? 
They were tested. I think everybody used that word. They had trials, troubles that came into their life. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe that's probably all of our testimonies. Uh, because we know that that is what life is really about. And so as I listen to these men, and I'm just going to, um, if I can get this to come back up. I never learned how to keep my phone turned on. Uh, Nick said that he uh, was called to know God, and then he talked about the struggles that he has, and he said that, that he knows that God is able and God is faithful to complete what he had begun in his life. Austin talked about how he was drawn to God by the love of his family and by the love of the youth minister, the, the youth pastor that spoke to him, uh, and he heard that. And he talked about his struggles as a young man that he has faced uh, in dealing with his relationship. Shane uh, talked about we all need to know that we need a Savior and that God works in various ways. And he talked about his struggles that he has actually faced in his life and through his family and how God has used those struggles. Uh, David talked about how he feared death. And when he put his faith and trust in God, he felt uh, the peace that God has given him. And then what happened? He was tested. His faith was tested again and again and again. Um, I love what Tate said when, when uh, uh, he started his testimony. He said, I didn't know what I was getting into. Amen. <laughs> None of us know what we're getting into as we begin our relationship uh, with the Lord. He struggled as he was growing up. He didn't understand what God was doing, but he knew that when God had spoke to him, his life would never be the same. And he said he was called to be a servant. Uh, that is, to me, very encouraging. Uh, it's very, their, their testimonies are very encouraging because you know what? That's my testimony. And that's your testimony. I haven't lived a life where it was easy. None of us do. We all struggle. That's actually part of what the scripture uh, tells us and, and, and even teaches us. We were uh, in Isaiah this morning, and we were talking about how God said in Isaiah that he took Israel through the furnace of affliction to draw them to him, to, to purify them, to make them to be his people. In uh, James chapter 1, we uh, see the verses that talk about consider it all joy when you encounter various trials uh, and tests because the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Romans chapter 5. There's just the first five verses in those. I just want to read those to you. I want you to see how this theme, it is just in the scriptures, absolutely packed into the scriptures. It's what God has told us to expect. Romans chapter 5 in verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of glory. But it doesn't stop there. Not only that, we rejoice in our suffering. Let me read that again. Not only that, we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, 
and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and a hope that does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Brothers and sisters, that is the Christian life, right? And God is perfecting us, and he is perfecting his hope in us through our struggles. Not through the easy times, not necessarily through the good times. We're not selling anything. Jesus Christ came and lived among us, suffered with us, learned obedience through his suffering, died for us, and has risen again. And he has invited us to come to him. Let me wrap it up with Jesus' invitation that he gives. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The invitation is to come to Jesus.